Hello, everybody, and welcome to the No Puffs Given podcast. This is now episode five. We are really flying through the season. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Eric Porcelli, and I'm joined by my two friends, Thomas Mana and Nicholas Del Pret. How are you doing, guys? I'm good. I'm, I'm happy with the Leafs, so I'm doing good. Um, <laughs> how about you, Thomas? How are you doing? I'm good. There is a couple really good games this week from hockey and McDavid's goal. That was nasty. So that was filthy. Yeah. That just means it's a good week of hockey when McDavid scores a goal like that. <laughs> he, he was excited for it. He was shocked, actually. I don't yeah. think he knew he was going to do that. But we'll get to that, I'm sure. Um, all right. Anyways, let's just let's just get this big chunk of news out of the way right off the hop. Jack Eichel has finally been traded from the Buffalo Sabres to the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for... Yeah, and it was Jack Eichel in a conditional pick from the Sabres in exchange for Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, and two conditional picks. Um, and it happened on Thursday, that trade. Um, Alex Tuck, in, who was including this injury, is also injured right now, currently. Um, let's see here. And uh, the Golden Knights, um, their first-round pick in 2022, um, if it's not in the top uh, – it's top 10 protected. So the if, if the Vegas Golden Knights pretty much finish in, like, the top – the bottom 10 – um, picks, then that means the Sabres get the one from the year after. Um, anyway, other details here that we got for the uh, the trade. The what, what was the condition for those two, the, the third and the second or whatever it was there from Buffalo? I think you want to say it? Yeah, so it's just basically everything gets pushed back a year. So if, it, if the first round picks in the top 10, then the uh, Vegas gives up their 2023 first round pick. Yeah. Um, and then it's just the same thing with the 2023rd third round pick. So everything just gets pushed back a year if it's uh, in the top 10. Okay. Um, another thing to know is that Eichel will now be going forward with the surgery that he wants. Um, estimated timeline is about three to five months to recover. He hopes to play in the Olympics, but I mean, kind of a long shot, I think. Um, yeah. Um, so that's pretty much it for for the kind of the bulk of the trade. Um, how do you guys, what do you guys think about, you know, Vegas now with, uh, with Jack Eichel in the mix? Well, um, Thomas will first. Yeah. So what, well, considering all their injuries right now, I guess adding Eichel to it isn't a big deal, but uh, I, I mean, I like the trade. I'm happy for Eichel. He finally gets to have the surgery that he wants. That's going to, you know, make him feel safer. And now he's on a on a team that that is in a win now mode where he he was talking about in the interview he doesn't want to rebuild with Buffalo anymore, uh, he just wants to win now so he'll get that opportunity if he can come back for the playoffs with Vegas, so I think it's a good trade and then just another thing with this like the Sabers got a pretty good return in Krebs and Tuck if he decides to say if not I mean they can always flip him for more picks, so there's no harm there. But I, I just think it's a good trade. I honestly, oh, I'm going to rant a little bit because <laughs> go I, for it. I goes my favorite player outside of the Leafs. Like, freaking love this guy. Um, as you guys know, I'm a hockey card collector, and he was my first big investment. I think I have five of his young guns, um, which are his rookie cards. Um, anyways, I'm so happy he's out of Buffalo. He he hated it there. Like, <laughs> no exaggeration, hated it there. I watched that interview along with Thomas and he wanted to say so much, but he knows he couldn't. Um, 
but I'm sure he just wants to move past it and kind of get get on with his career. But he he even said in the interview, he goes, I will play in the regular season this year. Um, okay, obviously he's not a doctor and he has to have the surgery first. But if all things go well, I think he's back by like end of February, beginning of March, which is perfect for Vegas if they can hold on to a playoff spot, which I'm sure they will in the Pacific. Um, what a boost getting Jack Eichel on your uh, top line uh, to make a playoff run. So I'm really happy for him. I'm really happy for Vegas. Pretty shockingly, Buffalo got a pretty good return. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Vegas obviously won the deal, but you're getting Krebs, who's unreal and is very young. You got Alex Tuck, who's a serviceable top six winger, who's also pretty young. He's 25. He's a Buffalo boy, homegrown. Grew up a Buffalo fan, so that's kind of cool to see. Um, and they got, obviously, the two picks that we mentioned. Um, got on Vegas to top 10 protect it. I know it's very unlikely that they'll get a top 10 pick, but I think it's smart of them. And uh, honestly, that's – I don't really have much to say about the trade itself, but more about Eichel. Like, I think he's going to do so well in Vegas. I'm, I'm interested to see how they make it work with the cap. Huh. I know now it's easy because they got, you know, him – they got Stone. They got Patch Ready on LTIR. But, you know, those guys are all going to come off eventually. But we'll see. And um, the good thing is there is no cap in the playoffs. So we'll see how it goes. And uh, I, I'm just – I can't emphasize how excited I am to see him in a Vegas uniform. I want to see him finally – I think he's top 10 players in the league. I will stand by that. And now he's going to have – those two around. If he's on that top line, he's gonna have Pacioretty and Stone on his wings. Like that is insane. Yeah. His best, his best wingers. Okay, he played with Hall for like I think two months, but before that, it was like Jeff Skinner. <clears throat> Hardly. It was like ten games. He's even down injured after. No, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. before that, it was Jeff Skinner as his best winger. Like this guy's gonna be playing with Mark Stone, who is a two way god, and then you got Pacioretty who finishes anything. Like that's gonna be unreal. So I think Eichel's. Oh, if the surgery goes well, he's gonna he's gonna finally get back to where he belongs. And I'm, I'm just happy it's finally over. We can move on and get ready for him to come back. So, you know, he, even as the league, like I'm sure they were pushing this thing through too because he is a top player, and you want him on the ice, like for a fan base. And now he's going to a fan base like Vegas. It's it's only better for you know a market like that. He's gonna be a huge jersey seller. So I'm really excited. I, I would have liked to see Calgary because of the, you know, the Battle of Alberta, but I'm really excited to see. He's still in the Pacific, so we'll see them square off McDavid and Eichel four times a year minimum. Um, that's really it for me. I'm just, as you can tell, I'm fucking ecstatic. So uh, good on them for getting it done. Yeah. I mean, my take on this is I, I love the deal. I was, I was excited when Vegas jumped in at first and like, we, we all heard the news that Vegas could be a potential landing spot for him. I think that team is just, it's awesome um, for them to actually acquire a player of, of Jack Eichel's caliber. And um, now it really just, because Vegas's problem throughout the playoffs and all that stuff was always that center depth, right? Like the last four years, yep. we all know how good they've done in playoffs and all that stuff, but they've always had that problem with, with center depth. And it's like, you know, even last year when Chandler Stevenson went down, it was a huge, like, you know, no disrespect to Chandler Stevenson, but, you know, usually when a player like Chandler Stevenson goes down, it's not like do or die, but for Vegas, it was like, shit, we just lost our first line centerman, right? Now they can kind of breathe. They have their elite number one center who knows what he's doing. You know, he's going to control play and be Jack Eichel. And, um, and like you said, Nick, he's playing with 
not one, but two elite wingers in this league. And um, man, it, it just, whoever has him in fantasy, I envy you because if it's a keeper league and you get him next year, my God, you're going to have some fun. Um, I took him in my non-keeper league because I knew he was eventually going to come back. So Yeah, so you'll get a few months of him, a couple months. Yeah. But, but man, yeah, he's going to be, it's going to be something to watch definitely in Vegas. But now that being said, Vegas, they, they're all in. <laughs> this is all in. <laughs> They got I mean, no like fucking yeah. They traded all their first round picks the last yep. uh, three four years. Yep. We well, we all thought it was going to be a you know a, a slow start to this franchise. They've really just not. They've been Played trading off. away picks and doing well. So it'll be interesting to see how the uh, season goes for them now. But yeah, so I mean, I guess that's the uh, that's the biggest uh, the news that came out of this week, pretty much. Um. Moving on, unless you guys want to add anything else about Eichel. Um, not not much really. I just I just strongly agree. And I actually left it out with your whole thing about the center depth. Like this is like you said, this is this is really Vegas's weak part. We uh we spot and yeah. they freaking bolstered that more like the best possible way you can. You just brought in a top 10 center in the league. Like mm-hmm. I'm just they literally like I, I had Vegas falling off this year and they have been, but they just fucking skyrocketed to like honestly, yeah. Western Conference favorites, like good for them. So I'm excited to see it. But yeah. I, that's it for me. I mean, we can move on if Thomas doesn't have anything else to say. Yeah, just um, one thing. Yeah, uh, remember, we saw that Eichel is playing against Buffalo in March in Buffalo. So oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, watch that be his exciting. first game. <laughs> you can't write that any better if that's his first game. I mean, he's if he's pop if, a hattie that game. Yeah, if he's not back yet, he's going to aim for that day. I bet my life on it. Imagine he's ready to come back like a week before, and he's like, nah, I'm going to wait it out. <laughs> save the cap. Save the cap, boys. One yeah, more save the cap. cap. No, yeah, that's going to be fun. There you go. Um, okay, well, moving on, we had some uh, some injuries this week. And, you know, of course, leading off the injury, William Carlson, Vegas, another centerman, broken foot out for six weeks. So, you know, they're more shallow down the middle than they ever been until – well, even now, because they're still not, technically Eichel's not playing. So until for three to five months. So that's a notable injury for Vegas. Uh, Shifley, I can't catch a break when it comes to fantasy, but he is out again. Um, he's out again. And then um, he didn't return yesterday night. So that's going to suck for whoever has him in fantasy. And um, another injury that happened was Mrazic again. Nick, I told you so. Oh yeah, I trust me. I have no, I have no disagreement there. We uh, it, we knew what we were stuck. getting when we signed Mrazic, and unfortunately, it's a goalie who cannot stay healthy for the life of him. And like I said, he's played five periods for the Leafs, and both have resulted in injuries. Yeah, I so, think he got hurt in practice, though, eh? Oh, like even better. I don't understand what it is with his groin. Like, if if he's truly, like, if it's truly not one hundred percent, like I know they were saying they didn't want him to back up the other night. So let him stay out. It's the beginning of the season. Like, I wonder if they rushed him back to play that game against Detroit and he re-aggravated. Like, why? I'd rather him miss another two weeks and now he's going to miss another month minimum. Yeah, I don't know. Gosh, but I, I agree with you, Eric. I mean, it sucks. And yeah, they better let it heal properly because right now I don't care about him being out, especially with the way Cam was playing. But we need him for the end of the season when Cam needs rest and then playoffs. So, yeah. Just whatever, whatever they have to do, yeah, whatever they have to do right now, get them healthy. That's all. 
get him healthy because Campbell needs rest, and we also can't afford to pay Campbell if he plays a full season the way he's been playing. So, <laughs> um, and you know, oh yeah, Patrick Line is out as well, four or six weeks with an oblique strain. Sucks for Columbus because he's actually been playing really well for them. Um, he has been doing Patrick Line things, which is good, but unfortunately, he's sidelined four to six weeks. Um, some other news that came around the league this year, or this year, this week, uh, Cole, <laughs> Cole Caulfield um, was sent down by the Montreal Canadiens. And that is very interesting considering that he was at the top of a lot of people's lists for the Calder. So I wonder how long he's down there. If, you know, he spends a lot of time or if it's just kind of like a quick, get your confidence up, score yeah. a few goals, come back. I don't know, but uh, that's something to, to watch. Um, this, I actually didn't even know this happened this week, but Cedric Paquette was suspended two games for hitting, uh, Jamie Drysdale. I think it was on Sunday. So we might have not mentioned it on the podcast or it was Monday. So it was very early in the week. It's probably oh. why I didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't even yeah it was, it was like, he, Drysdale was like kind of falling over and then Paquette came into the corner and just fucking threw him right into the boards. Um, yeah. pretty pointless. Um, okay, well, <clears throat> next up is Nick's boy, Moritz Sider, named Rookie oh, of the Month. Nick, I love this guy so yeah. much. He and okay, that was that was announced last Sunday after we recorded the pod, but ever since then, I think he they had, they had three games played this week, he had two assists and no, three assists and a goal. He got the old team winner last night. He is so good, so good i will continue emphasizing his name honestly and when we were talking about the fantasy corner later that we're going to go through i wanted to mention him again but thomas is like you can't mention him a third week in a row but <laughs> yeah. warrior cider is unreal so if you can add him add him but anyways we'll get to fantasy corner after i love the guy <laughs> next up on the list is brady kachuk was named the captain of the ottawa senators yep anyone else feel like that was a uh worst in the, kept in, the con- in the in the contract <laughs> yeah the worst kept secret exactly yeah. We all knew that was going to happen. But, yeah, Noah's definitely in the contract. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? He was probably like, sign here, and then here's your C. Yeah, exactly. It came with the, the contract. <laughs> That's what they did with Tavares. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. That's not what they did with Tavares, what I'm saying. Hmm? But it, No, no, scratch that, scratch that. I was thinking about when they recorded Tavares getting the C, but it was different. Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, and let's talk, let's talk about this, actually. The Calgary Flames. Seven, one, and three. Yeah, I I made sure I added that in the notes because holy shit, they are red hot. They no pun intended. Did anyone watch that game yesterday? Yep. Well, I watched bits and pieces, but oh my god, just dominance, dominance, man. They are all over the place. Like they, oh, like I understand Markstrom is playing lights out. Like literally, four of his last five starts have been shutouts, but. It's, it's not only him, man. It's because of the team in front of him. Like, wow. They just look so good. And you know what? They're making a lot of us look dumb right now because I know in our pro- – well, me and you, really. Because I know in our projections, we were like, are they going to make the playoffs? Maybe third, maybe fourth. Bro, they, they might be up there for top of the Pacific this year with the way they're playing. So, I mean, it's good because Calgary fans have been going through it lately because, you know, they're, at, they're not at a point where – I want to pause for a second there because – the Flames do this once a year. Oh, that's true. Going on <laughs> so, you know, just like I always err on the side of caution when it comes to believing in the Leafs, 
the Flames also do this once a year. They go on like a freaking hot 20 games and then they just are a disaster <laughs> the rest of the way. So we'll see. I mean, it's really good to see the Flames doing well because they're a team that I can't help but every year feel bad for because they ice this team that should be good <laughs> and somehow it falls apart. Um, but yeah, as of right now, they are on fire. Um, I, uh, I just I want to tell you another player I love, Elias Lindholm. <laughs> I think he's very underrated. And he is so freaking good. And I, he's honestly, my girlfriend's favorite player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she has him. <laughs> she has him in fantasy. Yeah. I, I have him in our Keepers League. Now it's been two years. And he is excellent, man, on all areas of the ice. He hits blocks. He wins face offs. He scores power play, penalty kill, you name it. Yeah. He does it all. Yeah. No, good for the Flames, though. Good for the Flames. Yeah. Um, oh, here's a good one. Blackhawks. They fired Jeremy Colleton. Is anyone else super shocked that they fired the coach? Oh, I'm shocked no. it took this long. That's what I'm shocked. Yeah. Jeez, that was like he was fired on opening night when the fans fired him for the organization. I know. By booing him. The season didn't even start. It's like, oh, you know, we just acquired Jones. We have Flurry. The spirit should be up around this team. Nope, we're booing the coach right in the home opener. Like that's how you yeah. knew he should be gone. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's, that is what it is. Um, Carrie Price, that's some good news. Um, they are, uh, he's coming back, not, uh, no timetable for his return on to like, into like actual play, but he's coming back to the team, which is going to probably lift their spirits a little bit. They get their, you know, I guess not, they get their captain early. He's not, uh, he doesn't wear the C, but he definitely is their leader over there, but they get him back for, for for now and uh i feel like that's a it's a good story um for him you know hopefully he sorted out whatever it is he was uh he was working on and and he can come back and and be carry price again because the league is uh is not the same without him and and neither are the least in Cavs games well also good on him for you know stepping away and setting that example that it's of course it's okay yeah. for anyone to seek help like whatever that whatever's going on i mean the biggest athletes in the world, as you can see in Carey Price, one of the biggest hockey athletes, at least, you know, he, he also needed to take time away and deal with whatever he was dealing with. So hopefully it sets a good example for fans, you know, young hockey players, anyone really. Um, yeah. And I'm it's glad. He got- important. Yeah, exactly. Um, Pekka Rene is the first pred- uh, player in Predators franchise history. That was a mouthful for me. Um, to have his jersey number retired. Um, oh, here's, a, here's one that happened during the Leaf game as well. Sergachev suspended two games for oh. a very, very unnecessary hit to Mitch Marner. Um, hit him in the head. That was a blindside, no good, very useless hit by, nope. uh, by Sergachev. And uh, I'm happy he got two games for it because, honestly, there's no room for hits like that in the game of hockey. Honestly? It couldn't have worked out better for the Leafs, and I'll tell you why right now. And if there's any Tampa Bay fans listening, well, sucks to be you because I'm about to rip you. Um, <laughs> Sergeyev should have been ejected. That should have been five minutes. No ifs, ands, or buts. Um, I was actually seeing a hockey guy talk about it. You're giving four minutes for – you're giving a double minor for a high stake if a guy's showing a little bit of blood. But you have a headshot like that, blatant, like you can see it, and – 
nothing, two minutes, two minutes. Like, I don't care that he got suspended after. We knew that was going to happen. But you're telling me the referees and, and the official and the linesman, whoever the hell was on, didn't know that that was a match penalty. But anyways, I'll tell you why it was good that Sergei Kuchev stayed in the game. Because if you remember, uh, when, when John Tavares um, tied the game, Sergachev was supposed to be on him. John Tavares left wide open in the slot. So you know what? It's good that Sergachev stayed in the game because it ended up benefiting the Leafs because he 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 left his man wide open who tied the game, and he was also on for the OT goal again. So thanks for staying in, Sergachev, and enjoy your two game suspension. That's how I feel about it. And thankfully, Mitch Marner is okay. That's all that really matters to me. How about you, Tim? Um, yeah, it was an unnecessary hit, especially since. Uh, what's it called? Hedman already stopped him with the hook. Yeah. So he like, like that just even makes it like that makes the hit even more unnecessary because the play was already dead. It was done, and then he just comes in and just does that. Yeah. And, and did, I've heard didn't Sergachev get a two minute? Yeah, it was only two minutes. That's what I'm play. saying. That's why I was so angry. How the hell do you call that two minutes? Yeah. Yeah, and I've heard from Tampa fans like online just say that like this is just what Sergachev does. He just makes these boneheaded plays and these dirty plays. It's, yeah, it's just as long as he's suspended now, two games was the right amount. I think everyone was happy to see that. So yeah, most definitely. Um, and the Seattle Kraken introduced a AHL expansion affiliate, the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Wow, that that is a name. <laughs> That's a pretty sick name. Yeah, it is. And their logo is like a, well, it's a firebird, but I don't know how to describe it, but it's actually a pretty nice logo. Coachella Valley. Hmm. That's pretty cool, actually. And they're going to be playing home games in Palm Springs. Wow, I didn't really think that was a hockey market. But, uh, wow, good for them. Okay, moving on. Um. Oh, here we go. Big one. Adam Fox signed a contract. Seven years, $9.5 million AAV. Let's go. That is a great deal for Adam Fox if he continues to play. Yeah, it's a little risky, but considering how he's starting off this year, I mean, yeah, the risk that's well taken. Yeah, I won't, uh, I won't say much because I might just bring up some old scars and wounds. And another can of worms that I don't want to get into with Nick. Moving I'm on. Sure you can compare that to Morgan Riley's, but that's fine. Uh, um, the only thing I do want to say about that is, yeah, I know I said it's a little bit risky, but from New York's standpoint, like he started off just the way he ended off last year after winning, like as the year he won the Norris. He's freaking unreal. So why risk letting his, you know, his price continue to rise when you could just sign him now? So. Although some people are, it raised a little bit of eyebrows because of the, you know, the term and whatever. I mean, I think just the way he's playing right now, it's a great deal. So hopefully you can keep that up. That's yeah. really. Um, Tim, what are your thoughts on that contract? Oh, I love Adam Fox. It's Seth Jones money. And I mean, right now he's, he's better than Seth Jones. So when you just compare it to that, I think it's a good signing. And he came, he's coming back from a, a Norris winning season. Uh, you got to pay. That's the price you're you're paying a high price for defensemen, and I think Anna Fox is just somebody you give that money to. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's move into the little segment here where we all talk about how our teams did this week. Um. We'll let Thomas uh 
let us hit it. Uh, English Eric, lead us off with how the Jets did this week. Yeah, so I guess every week I'm saying the same thing. Where as long as we win two games out of three, then I'm you know I'm more than happy. And it was just another week like that. Uh, we started off Tuesday. We beat um, San Jose or no, no Dallas actually in shootout. So I mean it's a shootout, but at least we got the two points. And then we played a back-to-back Friday, Saturday. Uh, big win against Chicago. We were dominant. Uh, everyone looked good. Andrew Kopp had three assists that game. Kyle Connors flying again this season. It's just, it's just when he's on his game, it's just such a nice player to watch. Yeah. And then last night, Saturday, we played the Islanders. We lost two nothing, but I'm not too upset about. It. I mean, it is the Islanders. They're a top team. Realistically, they're going they would shut us down. It's it's expected, and we're coming back from a back to back. Also, Eric Carmi was playing on the back to back. He played both games but uh yeah same thing two wins out of the three we're still third in the division it's just another good week as long as we can maintain that uh maintain that two two three wins a a week then we're in a good spot everybody's looking good uh it's a little bit worrying about the shifley thing not returning so i guess we'll hear later today or maybe tomorrow yeah if he's good to go but everybody else seems fine hello buck I heard he also congratulations to him for the birth of his kid. And he's also feeling a little bit sick. So as long as he, you know, he can take the time to recovery, recover. We don't play until Tuesday. Uh, so we got three, four days off. So yeah, as everybody's looks healthy, hopefully Shifley isn't too serious and we can just continue every week uh, winning two out of the three. Yeah. I hope Shifley's fine too, for fantasy reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, now for the Leafs. So let me let me kick it off, Nick, because um, I got a message today of one of our, I guess, our viewers asking me if um, we were recording today, and I said yes. And he was like, "Oh, I can't wait to see you eat your words." <laughs> I second that, whoever you are, but he and, won't eat his words. And I will come out here and say, I I do apologize. But there's a, always a but with me. But I, I did write off the Leafs this week. I thought for sure they were dropping at least one of the two games against Tampa and um, and Boston. I didn't think they were gonna they were gonna get both. Um, however, I just I'm so and maybe I am hurt. I am broken fan. I'm broken inside. I have uh, but. I, I, I'm still so hesitant to hop on this, like, get excited train again for the Leafs. And, like, the team is back. And, you know, this is, this is, this is how it's going to be going forward and this, that, and the other. But uh, they did play solid hockey. That Vegas game was just world-class um, on all, in all areas. A near-perfect game. And, you know, it was, it was a lot. They, they did give us a lot of good hockey to watch this week. Um, I, I don't think I'm wrong to say, Nick, that the last, uh, 10 minutes of that third period against Boston, we were starting to oh, see buddy. the old Leafs show through a little bit, <laughs> but like, did anyone else kind of, when it went four one and 10 minutes left in the game, anyone else kind of shit themselves? Yeah. I was talking, I was talking to, oh, well, I mean, I'll get to my segment after, but I was at the game last night and I was talking to a guy in front of me and I'm like, can they just score one more? 
because it's Boston and we're up 4-1 in the third period. I don't, I don't like it. I don't care. I know they're a different team. I know it's eight years ago, but we're too with this with this franchise, we're too cursed. So fucking please score. And then and then pass or not scored. I'm like, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. And it was an absolute yard sale in the zone for like five minutes. Yep. It was it was getting a little wild out there, but it's okay. They they pulled through. They did I what they Jack normally Hatton, don't man. do. So it's good. They close out the game. So yeah, I will I will admit, I will admit that they, they did prove me wrong this week. And I, I and I hope you. <laughs> yeah, he he literally messaged me. He's like, I I here, let me see if I'll pull it up. He was like Shout out to whoever you are. Sam. Shout out to Sam. Shout out to Sam. He's like, he's like, sweet. I, I want, I want to listen to you talk about how the brew how you thought the Bruins were gonna whoop the leaves only to have to wait a week for you to eat your words. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? He's looking forward. He goes, looking forward to hearing your take. So he, he called me out. He called me out, and here I am. I I, I apologize. I'm not I apologize. I, I was hard, I am harsh on them, and I and I feel like I have every right to be harsh on them, but they did prove me wrong this week. So, I mean, I guess hats off to them. Tip my cap. I hope to God that they continue this. But my my PTSD is telling me to watch who I trust right now when it comes to the Leafs. But I'll let, uh, I'll let Nick take us from here. Yeah. Well, uh, first off, I mean, at least you can eat your words with a smile. <laughs> it's better than me eating my words, smashing my <laughs> But anyways, um. Hey, first off, I want to start off by saying I, I I knew the Leafs would get out of whatever the hell that was to start the season. As much as as many arguments and as whatever I've gone through with Eric, with many people, at the end of the day, I knew that they were too good of a team to continue that. But what I do want to say, and Matthews actually said it last night, and Tavares, I think, after the game. In this city, the highs are too high and the lows are too low. We also need to, you know, relax and I know, I know, I'm not talking about you. I know you're fucking well off, relaxed, and you know that there's always something to worry about. But enjoy the wins. But at the same time, you know they're going to go on another, you know, sometime this season they're going to go on another losing streak. So, you know, enjoy the highs. Don't overreact with the lows. This fan base does not know how to do that. But I'm glad to see that they that they came, they came through. And, you know, that Chicago win was kind of a turning point, even though it was an ugly win. And, yeah, really, just to speak about the games this week, like, I agree with you. I thought they were going to take – I wanted them to take two of three. I mean, I, w- I would have been happy with that. Um, I thought they were going to lose one of Tampa and Boston. Um, I agree with you, Vegas. That was the biggest game, in my opinion, of the week. I mean, obviously, it was the first one, and that kind of set the tone for the rest of the week. If they lost that game, the fan base would have started saying, oh, you lost to a team who's who doesn't even have their top six, this, that. And not only did they win, like you said, they played world-class hockey. Like, almost nothing was wrong in that game. So, shout out to them for that win. That was not much for me to say. Um, other than Jack Campbell, I love him to death. Um, against Tampa, I mean, we kind of touched on it earlier. It was a pretty quiet game until OT, uh, till the end of the game where Tavares scored, and then he scored in the power play in OT. Big, big win. That kind of went right through them. Like, you could see how pumped up they were after the game. Again, Soup held a minute in the third period. It feels so good to have a goalie back there to, you know, when you're throwing everything offensively, there's odd man rushes coming the other way. Like there were four in that third period. He stopped them all. No, no hate towards Freddie. He's having an excellent start in Carolina. It's just we never got that with Freddie. Never. The Leafs are a team who always make bad pinches, who always have been known for not being too good defensively. And 
our goalies struggled, but Jack Campbell, man. Like, I know the Leafs are better defensively now, but fuck. When he needs to be big, he's big. So, I love that guy. His contract continues to go up, but I, I'm choosing not to worry about that. Pay the man. I'm only focused. Exactly. If you can extend him now, fucking extend him. Because, oh, I mean, but I'm only focused on this year. As a fan, I only care about this year. So, I'm done with talking about that stuff. Um, anyways, okay, yeah. They're going yesterday- to be able to afford Campbell because uh, Mrazek's going to spend uh, 80, <laughs> 80 of the 82 games on LTIR. So, it's okay. going to go to Robida Island. Yeah, exactly. Um, What's it called? Uh, and then yeah, yesterday's game. I mean, I was there. I wanna, I wanna give away the Ford Fanatic. If if you Leaf fans don't follow them on Instagram or Twitter, you should because they give away tickets to every home game. Um, yeah, I was scrolling Instagram Thursday night at like one a.m. and I saw that I won tickets. I was pumped up. Couldn't sleep after. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I went to the game last night. It was very good. I'm sure you guys watched it. Those of you listening to this podcast. Um, Big win. It got a little scary at the end, like Eric said, but I didn't have doubt like I used to have doubt in this team, especially with the way they've been playing as of late. Campbell, again, held a minute, although most of the chances weren't too dangerous, thankfully. They just had a lot of shots, Boston, which was expected because the Leafs had a two-goal lead. So glad they came up, came up with the win. Marner got the empty netter. One thing I do want to say, though, is those big four players on this five-game winning streak have been absolutely dominant. I don't have the stats on me right now. I was actually watching it on Sports Center this morning. Marner has like 11 points in five yeah, games. And... has like nine. Tavares has 10. And then Nylander has yeah. five or six. Like, that's what we need. And that's what we need in the playoffs last year. That, like, it, it doesn't get easier than that. Your big players are what, with the money we pay these players and with the amount of, we have a top four, Okay. Not many players can, not many teams can say they have top four player forwards that they rely on the way we do. If they show up, your chances are you're winning the game. And this is showing it. We're playing against top teams in this league. Okay, Vegas was injured, but Tampa and Boston, and they were they were really good wins. Like it's not like you know, the Leafs didn't deserve to win those games. Like they were dominant, they were pretty well dominant games. So that there shows you that when you're when your big guys show up, you're gonna win the game. Um, so I'm happy to see that because you know they took a lot of heat in the beginning of the season, which they deserved. Um, and it, it, it's so it's so good to see Marner playing the way he is now. Like he's a way different. He's a different player, man. Even when he's not scoring, which he's been scoring every game lately, just he control the way he's driving play now with Tavares and Kerfa. Like that line was buzzing right from puck drop yesterday. Like. And that's the Marner we know. That's the Marner who we haven't seen since literally second week, second last week of the North Division season last year. So hopefully they can continue this going forward. I mean, they're not going to win every game, but, you know, hopefully they continue the structure and continue playing the way they are because it's good to see. But I'm not getting too high on them. You shouldn't, but it's I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, that's really it for me. We'll see how it goes next week. Um, yeah, I think we LA. So, yeah, I think we covered uh, everything to do with our team for this week. There yeah, was yeah. sorry, there what? was one thing. Um, me and Nick were talking about it earlier when we were together this week that you guys were shopping your race. Oh, actually, yeah, I should. But thanks for bringing that up. I almost forgot. No I, I meant even last Sunday. I meant to bring up uh, the least defensive changes. 
Um, sorry, Tim, you want to speak with that first or? No, no, you, I was just going to mention it for you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know how I forgot. Um, so yeah, as um, for those of you that don't know, the Leafs deep pairs for the last four games of the five winning streak, or maybe all five, actually, I think all five, it's been Riley Dermott, Muzzin Brody, Sandy and Lilligren. And honestly, all three pairs have been playing excellent. I have no issues with any one of those six guys. I mean, because the team has been playing well as a whole. That's what happens when you play a five-man defensive unit or whatever, when you're playing good as a team. But just individually, these players have all looked well. Like, I've I've liked Riley and Dermot. And I those are the ones I was scared of most out of the three pairs, to be honest. Um, they've been playing well. Muzzin Brody, I mean, as expected, they've been playing well. They are a shutdown guys, two best defensemen. So you need them to be. She would hope they would be good. Um, and then Sandy and Lilligren, man, they got they got the Marshawn line last night. And fuck, they looked good. So hopefully they continue that upward trend. It sucks for Justin Hole, but he kind of played himself out of a roster spot. Well, yeah. He played himself into a roster spot. And that's what happens when you have depth. So it looks like, as Thomas said, the Leafs are going to move a defenseman. I saw Chris Johnson report to like it's imminent a deal. It's between Dermot and Hull. My guess is it's Justin Hull because he has not touched the ice. You're not going to trade a guy who's playing with Morgan Riley in top four minutes just because. Um, I don't necessarily like the idea of trading your seventh defenseman this early in the season, but when Chris, I listened to Chris Johnson talk about it after I saw that his tweet or whatever on his podcast on Wisty Dangle, and he was saying, I guess the idea is trade him now accumulate cap space up to the deadline and then go, go acquire another defenseman like just as depth not not a guy who's going to be on your roster like at that moment um it's kind of confusing but i mean i think if justin Hall is going to get traded it's due to him not liking the fact that he's scratched and like as we saw with jimmy vc last year in that in that uh all or nothing series like there was a lot of internal uh conflict that could be happening with justin hall he might not like that he's scratched. He might not feel like he deserves to be scratched, which I can see because he was he was pretty good last year. Um, but, man, how do you scratch one of the six defensemen right now? It doesn't make sense. You've won five in a row. So that's the only reason why I would see him traded. But I think if, if the trade's going to happen, it's going to be this week. I don't think they're going to wait much longer. Um, but then, again, with the, if it's solely because of cap, now that Morazic's on the LTIR again, I don't think they're going to have to trade him. Yeah, they're going to get him in games, but – I don't think they're going to have to trade him. So we'll see. But I like the idea of having depth. So Justin Hall went from never getting a, always sitting in the press box to being a top four defenseman to right back to the press box. Yep. I mean, like I said, he kind of, it, it kind of, he did it to himself though. Like, it's not like it's, I know the team was playing bad as well and he's the, the odd man out, but with the way Lilligren's playing right now and Dermot, who, who do you scratch Sandy? Like, it doesn't make sense. So yeah. And you're winning games. You don't fix what ain't broke, man. So it's a, it's a little interesting situation, but I'm glad to see that we have some depth. I mean, organizational-wise, we do have a few guys in the Marlies who can step up if Holt does get traded, like Christian Rubens, um, uh, Brennan Manel, who we acquired from Minnesota. They're both waiver-exempt. So there are options, but if you don't need to trade him, I don't see why you would. But he does make $2 million. And if he's going to be playing... 20 more games for the season. Is he worth $2 million? So we'll, we'll see what they do. I mean, I guess these are good issues to have. Um, yeah. That's th- thanks for bringing that up, Tim. No, I don't know how I forgot that. <laughs> Tim's got her back. 
No yes, problem. <laughs> He's a closet Leaf fan. Don't tell anybody. Yes. Listen, I watch after the Jets. It's a lot of Leaf games I'm watching. They're all being because it's in market. Exactly. <laughs> it's all it's on. Um, when Nick's inviting me to dinner, we're always watching yeah. Leaf games anyway. Yeah, exactly. Oh, never, it never invites way, you over the Jets. Some breaking news. Breaking news. Well, there's a few things that I want to mention from their practice. So Brody missed practice, but it was a maintenance day. So he's okay. Then Khalid's playing tomorrow. So that's fine. Um, the Meepo Leafs have just recalled Joey Anderson and Karel Semyonov. So I guess because they have that cap space now with Mrazic out, we can finally carry two extra forwards and an extra defenseman, like regular NHL teams. So it's good to see that Anderson and Semyonov are being rewarded because both of them have been playing excellent in the AHL. Um, they've actually been the Marlies' two best forwards, along with Josh Hosang, who is only on an AHL deal. So if the Leafs wanted to bring him up, they have to re-sign him. So it's good to see if they're rewarded. They'll be getting some NHL salary. Maybe they'll get a game this week. We'll see. So that's just some news. And I'm done with my Leafs rant. All right. Moving on to Fantasy Corner. Let's go. Yeah. Everyone's so- favorite. Yeah, everyone's favorite. Um, I guess I'll kick us off. I have a funny story about Brock Nelson, actually. So I'll, <laughs> I'll lead off with him. Um, so Brock Nelson, I guess this is kind of an obvious one. Was it a four-goal game? Yeah, a four-goal yes. game. Four-goal game. Um, he had five goals this week. So he has been absolutely feeling himself. Funny story is in our keeper league, Nick and Thomas, um, my cousin, <laughs> he chose to start – Tyler Ennis over Brock Nelson that day. No. Yeah. So he missed out on well, in our league 14 points. Um, and he's right now he's up by only two on his week. So think about it. That 14 points would have been absolutely clutch to get him over the top. But yeah, he decided to start um decided to start Tyler Ennis over Brock Nelson. Oh, that's 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 horrible. But that is well, I'd be aggravated. Oh, poor guy. Poor guy. He's helping yeah. big time this week because I have a lot of injuries because of COVID and there's only two IR spots. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a funny story. Yeah. Nick, who do you, got, who do you want to mention for the fantasy? Um, well, I mean, I guess I'll take I'll take two guys on this list and then Thomas take the rest. Uh, I'll take Matt Duchesne. Um, he's increased 43% in the last week or two he's 56 percent owned um he's on the top power play and the top line for nashville who are scoring a lot of goals right now and uh he's been playing well he had four goals in his last five games six points in those five games and i know because i added him in i mean our couples league where every player is available but he's he's been good to keep in that pool so imagine in regular pools and he's only owned in half you know yahoo pool so if you're in a less deep league with only eight guys and Matthew Shane is there, add him because he's he's scoring every game. And Nashville, like I said, they're scoring a lot of goals. So that's a guy to monitor. Um, and then another guy I want to mention who I've been watching since week one, and he's finally on a kind of, I guess I would say, a hot streak, uh, Alex Iofalo. Um, He's in LA's top six. He started the year, I think, on the third line, but – kind of moved his way up with injuries and now Arvidsson's out too so I think he's on their top line I'll double check but he's uh he shoot. I know he shoots a lot I, 
I, I was even I had him a few times as pickups last week, uh, last year. Sorry, in fantasy. So yeah, he's only owned in thirty five percent of pools. He was added thirty percent in the past two weeks. So like I said, he had a slow start to the year, but he's really picked it up. He's on a four game point streak. Um, I think LA plays four games this week, so he might be worth someone adding for the week or. You know, on a night where you you're looking to do a daily swap and you want to add I follow, he's on the power play, so he's someone worth watching. Um, that's it for me. I I can leave the other two risers to Thomas. Yeah, so I'll go with um, the first one is Anthony Duclair. Yesterday he had a big game against Carolina, two goals, two assists, and that was and they had a big victory yesterday, five two, without Barkov in their lineup. Um, yeah, Duclair doesn't get any power play time on either unit. But uh, right now he's listed as first line. He's playing next to uh, Lesterainen and Verhage. So I think, that, yeah, Duclair's just another guy you hold on. He's always going to get you one, two points, maybe a couple. Uh, or he actually doesn't hit much. And Oh, yes. Or actually, scratch what I said. So yesterday he did get two <laughs> power play points. Uh, I did not see that. But still, four points. And I think in the last, looks like, five, six games here, he's gotten at least an assist or goal. So he's just another good good player to either pick up and hold, or if you're not in a deep league, he's only owning fifty one percent. So just stream him, this, uh, stream him when you can. And the second player I'm going with is Adam Henrique. I mean, the way the Devils are playing, they just ducks. they just score or ducks. Sorry, they're just scoring at will. Everyone on that team gets laughed. Troy Terry. Everyone, man, like. We could realistically put Ducks whole roster as as a riser. Here. They're not getting goaltending help right now from Gibson, and I think Gibson missed one of the games this week. Yeah, he's hurt right now. Yeah, but um, yesterday against Arizona, Henrique had two points. Um, and besides the doubles game, he's had at least one or two points a game. He's just another good player to add. Hold him for the week. He's he jumped up forty seven percent. Um, seven points in five games. He's just another guy. If you're in a deep league, just hold him. There's no point in dropping him. And I think that's it for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess then we can move on to move uh, on to the fallers. Yeah. Um, I want to add an interesting one, and you guys are probably gonna, you know, maybe not agree with me. Um, but I have on this list, and maybe not, a, maybe not a faller just yet, because he hasn't really done anything to to fall. Maybe someone to watch. Uh, Carter Hart. I've noticed that Philly is starting Martin Jones or Martin, yeah, Martin Jones on nights that are back to backs. And I have him, I have Carter Hart in my fantasy pool. So I know that, like yesterday, for example, particularly hurt because I thought he was going to start and he didn't get the start. So they've done it a couple times this year where Hart hasn't started um, a, just a random game in the week. And now they've done it for a second time. And Jones won 2-1 against Washington. He played really well. So someone I would just look out for, maybe not exactly belonging on the fallers list yet because he has been having a decent year, but I would definitely keep an eye out for him possibly losing some time in the crease. Um, and to, to add to that, I think from our little list here, um, I'm going to grab I'll grab, uh, grab Cashian um, because – so I was watching a lot of Edmonton games this week because they have been just really, really fun brand of hockey to watch. I know Cashian had that week. I think he had like three goals and two assists in one of the weeks, but he hasn't really done much um, since then. 
Um, he hits a lot, but there are better players, I think, to pick up um, over Zach Cashian. If you are looking for someone to, you know, lay a lot of hits, you're probably looking towards like a Colasar on Vegas type deal. He has a more better opportunity of getting points um, just because he plays a little higher up in the lineup and on power play time. And he hits like crazy. Um, but that's pretty much it about Zach Cashian. I think, I think he had his, uh, his uh, one, one really good week and he, he's going to come back down to earth as he always does. Yeah. Especially with the way Hyman and Puliarvi are playing too. Oh yeah. And Nuge. So. Yep. Um, well, I can, you. I can continue. Um, two guys who I own in fantasy, who I will talk about as fallers or Yoel Faraby. He's pointless in his last seven. And I'm actually, as we speak, well, or right before the podcast, I'm debating dropping him in my other pool, which is less deep than our keepers league. Like I'm, I'm very close. Like, I don't know. I was actually going to ask Eric and Thomas, what you guys think I should do? Because I'm not, I'm not fully confident in my week. I think I'm up by 20, but he has six more guys than me today or five more guys than me today. So Anyways, I, I'll, I'll talk to you guys after we record. But, yeah, Farabee's a guy to monitor because, I mean, the stats peak for itself. He's pointless in his last seven. And I actually think he had 13 minutes of ice time last night. Yeah, he had 13 minutes of ice time last night. And zero shots on goal. And his ice time continues to decrease. And that's not good for a guy who doesn't have any peripherals. You know, he's not a center, doesn't hit, doesn't really block. So someone to monitor, I mean, if – you might regret dropping him. I did this last year where I dropped him and then he went off again. He's a very streaky player. That's what I'm going to say. So just, just monitor him. That's, that's really all you can do. Don't, don't be reactionary. Like I'm probably not going to drop him, but just, you know, someone to monitor. And then another guy is Rupi Hints. Very similar situation, except I'm sure you've picked him a lot higher like I did. So um, it's really starting to worry me. Uh, everyone was like, I, I saw on like social media and stuff that everyone's like, oh, when Jason Robertson comes back, they'll find, you know, it'll be the spark he needs. They'll find their chemistry from last year or whatever. Hasn't really happened. Um, I think he has one assist in his last, <laughs> as long as I can remember. I think he's <laughs> on the season. So um, I, w- I wouldn't advise you to drop him. Like, it doesn't make sense um, just yet. But if we're two, three weeks from now and he still has an assist a week, and then it starts to get worrisome. Because um, then we're, you know, we're freaking 20 games of the season at that point. It's one third, uh, two thirds the way there. So, uh, sorry, one quarter of the way there. Um, so I guess that's another guy just to have on your kind of radar, um, especially if you're in a not so deep pool where there's better options available. Uh, that's That's really it for me. And then Thomas, you could take the last two. Yeah, so I guess we're sticking with the Flyers theme on Fallers. Uh, so I'm going with Keith Yandel. He started off the season really well. He had five assists in the first three games. And then since then, just no points, no goals, no assists. And he, he doesn't hit or block either. So if he's not getting you a point that game, he's just not providing anything. He's, only, he's owned 44%, which I think is high for a player like him especially that since he adds no peripherals. So I think he's just a worrisome player right now. And the second player I'm going with is Matt Grizzlick, who I think a lot of people had high hopes for him playing on the second power play unit and top line with McAvoy. He just has no points this season. And 
well, that's not good. <laughs> um, yeah, what more can you say? No points this whole season. It's just, yeah, 26% owned. I think it's time you just start to drop him or see if he can have a good game and sell him high. But that's it for me. Alrighty, and then we can, I guess we can wrap it up with the uh, sleepers. One thing I did want to mention about the risers that I totally forgot is Nick Suzuki. He's on a three-game goal streak, and he's finally oh, yeah. black. I mean, he's only in 89% of pools, but I'm just saying if you guys have – if someone has him, congrats to you. He's finally picking it up. So that's kind of a similar situation that Hintz is in. Like, I think he's eventually going to wake up. Um, hmm. Dallas as a whole has kind of been lacking goals. So uh, we'll see there. But, yeah, shout out. I just wanted to add Nick Suzuki in there. Okay, so I can start us off with the sleepers. Um uh, one I put there is Rasmus Asplund. I put this at the beginning of the week because he had a really hot um, weekend. I think they played Saturday and Sunday, Buffalo. Um, he has one goals and four assists in his last three games uh, or four games. Um, he's on the first line, first power play. I, I know it's Buffalo, but the goals are going to come from somewhere. Another guy worth mentioning is Tage Thompson, who's on the line with him. I actually just picked him up in my deep league. Um, they're two guys who, like I said, goals got to come from somewhere in Buffalo. So worth monitoring. He's only 20% owned. So, and then another guy I want to mention is Cole Sillinger. Guys, if you want to say anything about these players, feel free. Like I'm just taking them, but it doesn't mean like, whatever. <laughs> um, I know we're all in the same pool together, but I'm eyeing him in our, I can't pool. give you my strategies, Nick. No, listen, I'm eyeing him, <laughs> I'm eyeing him in our pool, but because he doesn't play until Saturday, I would say avoid adding him this week just because he plays once. But Cole Sillinger is definitely a guy to watch. I've been watching him since the preseason. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to add him before you do. Um, you can go for it, but he's right now. Saturday, so. yeah, I'll just keep him. He has three <laughs> goals, one assist. He scored the game-winning goal yesterday. He had three points last night. He's Yeah, he replaced Liney on the top line. I think he's on the top power play. Wait, isn't Sillinger a second-line center? Double check for me. No, I'm pretty sure he's a second line center. He did not replace line. Let me let me just correct myself. That backfired. <laughs> yeah, he's their second line center. He's always been their second line center. So that he's that young kid, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, there, there's no. You're probably thinking Chinnikov. He's 18 years old. He's the youngest guy in the league. Oh. He's also he's replacing line A technically right now because he's a winger. He's also doing well, but I wouldn't say maybe add him to your watch list since Eric just mentioned him. Igor Shinnikov. Um, Cole yeah, Sillinger is... Sorry, Nick. Cole, Cole Sillinger took the first power play spot off. Line. Oh, okay. There you go. There yeah. you go. No worries. Um, yeah, so it's someone to watch. I know Eric's about to talk about Mario Ferraro, but all I want to say about him is I traded him early in the season because I needed a roster spot. I got a 10th round pick in our Keepers League, so I'll take it, but fuck. His <laughs> last three games, man. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, I'll let you get to it. Yeah, well, no. Okay, let's shout out to the King City boy. Yeah, you know, yeah. I know. I know a couple of guys who played uh, who played hockey with him. I even have a little small collection of his hockey cards, um, in my collection. But uh, yeah, no, he's got a, a goal, three assists, eight hits, and twelve blocks in three games. That's uh, those are some numbers, and especially for for leagues that recognize hits and blocks, it's a uh, a good player to pick up. He's only seven percent owned in leagues, which means he's widely available everywhere else. Everywhere else, and I know he plays on San Jose and. You know, people are hesitant to, to to pick up from them, but I mean, he's been consistent, so he's definitely someone to to take to look out for. That's for sure. 
Bro, he got 32 minutes of ice time last night. Hey, man, they, they trust him. I'm debating dropping Artem Zub for him. Zub. Oh, uh, the, guy, the guy you traded him to dropped him? No, 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 Medical. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, yeah, that's a waste. <laughs> Would you drop Artem, Artem Zub for him? Uh, Podcast, but... I mean, we're, we're in fantasy corner, so. I don't know if I would drop Artem Zub for him. My other options are Lindell and Fowler. To pick up? Drop. Well, right now, Zub's on the second. Um, power pairing with one. Mete. Lions on the power play. Yeah. But he's, oh, Zub's also had a rough week this week, so. <sighs> I, mean, I mean, you can't go wrong with both players, but maybe I, maybe I would, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Anyways, uh, Thomas, you want to end it off? Um, yeah, so the last sleeper is Adrian Kempe, who's only owned in 7%. He, uh, at LA as a whole, are going through the Canadian trip. They versed Toronto and Montreal in the back-to-back, and then Ottawa on the 11th of November. Um, yeah, Kempe's had two goals and two assists last week. He's just a good player to add on LA. Same thing. Goals have to come from every team, and right now they're coming from Kempe. I think just because of the, the week he does have, where maybe not he's not going to have opportunity against Toronto, but against Montreal and Ottawa, I think he's a good streamer spot, especially since you know he's playing on a back-to-back, so that's just nice to have. But uh, that's it for me for sleepers. I guess that, uh, that wraps up our week. Our episode, episode five is... That was it, and I, I honestly still can't believe we are five weeks into this NHL season. I know it's it's flying, but I, I love it. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice to get home at night and watch hockey. Um, it is. Before you wrap up, I want to I want to say something funny. I just read Leaps related. Um, Babcock was asked, I guess because he's an analyst technically now. He was asked last night if he wants to, you know, coach again, and he's like, it has to be a good fit with the GM. <laughs> He was like, there was only one case where in my career where it wasn't. And he's like, I got to Toronto. You know, we drafted Austin Matthews. The team drastically got better. And then I just didn't work out with the GM. <laughs> so he full on said him and Dubas didn't have a good relationship. So uh, that's just something funny that I, I, I just saw on Twitter. So, so I he figured to, he has to go off. to a team with another old, old, crusty GM. Didn't have trots. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck him. anyways that concludes the episode guys thanks for listening if you got this far don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast it means a lot to us and also give us feedback um you can i guess reach us at uh nick's instagram page there at the hockey card collector 34 yes and uh we really appreciate feedback and we appreciate anyone who is currently supporting us and listening to our episodes through and through we know the last few have been you know an hour 15 minutes plus um, this one has been a little quicker, so you know. Hopefully, we can start to aim for you know these uh th- this time frame. But anyways, guys, thank you for listening, and uh, have a good week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Yep. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. Take care.